podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hi folks, Tino here and welcome to this special episode of the Celtic Exchange where I'm delighted to be joined by Tony Hamilton and Matt Corr as we discuss all things Celtic FC Foundation which as many will know is the charitable arm of Celtic. Tony's the CEO of the foundation and has been since it was formed in late 2013 and Matt is one of many supporters who have gone the extra mile to generously support the foundation through his own impressive efforts. A warm welcome to you both to the Celtic Exchange. Tony, we're now approaching 10 years of Celtic FC Foundation and that in itself might be hard to take in, but what's been some of the highlights during that time? Um, I think just generally um, the support that we've had, not just locally in Glasgow, but from Celtic supporters um, around the world. Um, I know that you've you've mentioned Matt and we're going to speak in, in some depth about, about his endeavours today. Um, but I think that is typical without taking it for granted or, or being complacent. But that, that support is vital to us that we've got, we can organise our own fundraising events. Um, we try and focus on outcomes rather than income, but we have to raise the money so we can do our own thing. But to have the support of individuals and other groups and supporters clubs is absolutely crucial for us. And how's it all been post-COVID? Obviously a tough time there for a couple of years and, and many of the brilliant programmes will have had to be put on, on pause during that time. So how's it all been in the, the recovery from that time? Yeah, I think in, in many ways, I, I walked through Glasgow today and it's as if there was never COVID and we're actually at a spike at the moment. I think the numbers are are, are quite high, but people don't talk about COVID any longer. I think we um, have been fortunate in many ways um, we are almost back to where we were pre-COVID in terms of project delivery, which is the real metric for us. It's not how much money we raise, it's it's the impact and the, and the effect of spending that money. So we've got two projects um, to restart in Ireland, um, one in Dublin, one in Donegal, um, which we're working hard on at the moment. But other than that, we are we're back to exactly where we were pre-COVID. Brilliant, and it's, it's great to hear. Just to take us back to the, the formation of the foundation and as I say, late 2013, I think October, um, you were saying earlier on, Celtic's obviously always had a strong tie to charity and it was the main driver for Brother Walfred and others when they formed the club in 1887. What then was the, the big motivation to formalise the, the charitable arm in 2013? Obviously there have been many charity drives up until then, but obviously it was formalised at that time. What was the main push behind um, that? I had come into Celtic in uh, 1994. I did a series of odd jobs around the house, if you like. I was the half-time guy and um, I wrote for The View and um, run the premium rate hotline and various other things. And about a year after that, so I came in just after Fergus had come in. He came in on March the 4th. I came in that summer and about a year after that, Fergus set up was what was Celtic Charity Fund, um, which raised a... a fairly modest sum of money every year and spent it on other charity organisations. And then about probably 17 years or so ago now, the club set up a foundation as a department of the club, which did some community engagement, which was very worthwhile. Um, and then we felt that um, it would be better, actually, if we took these two things that were trying to do good in different ways and slightly disparate, and brought them together and, and gave ourselves new focus. 
uh, which was the birth of, of Celtic FC Foundation in, in 2013. Yeah. Any chance, I kind of forget from the time, but why that name was settled upon? Was there any? Um, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, Tino, right? And one of them is calling that organisation Celtic FC Foundation because everybody just calls it the Celtic Foundation. What we should have done was just called it the Celtic Foundation, right? <laughs> Too late now. Um, uh, so um, I have that conversation every day with somebody. Um, I th- thought it was important to retain um, a link to the football club so um, it is the club's charity Um, we represent the club's values our biggest asset is um, club IP and brand Um, that's the the route to market for us without that we would be one of many other worthwhile smaller organisations who's fighting to find its place so it's very important that there is a real Celtic connection there. Yeah. I was looking through the website just, you know, as part of the research for this uh, recording. And I think it's important to stress that any and every penny raised is absolutely going towards charitable purposes. And it's, there's a clear line about the fact that, I don't know if some people think it might go back towards the club in any way, shape or form, and certainly not towards any signings or anything like that. But it's important to, to stress that every penny brought into the foundation is used for the various programmes and, and services you provide. Yeah, the club is Celtic FC Foundation's biggest single investor. Um, so I work for the football club, so I'm a free resource effectively for the foundation. Um, the club invests heavily in in, in the foundation. Um, they're a great support. They open a lot of doors for us. There's absolutely no money goes back into the football club. Um, there is um, a bit of recognition for the football club, which is right, but it's not a... a, a stated objective for us it would be the byproduct of some of the work that the foundation is able to do and it's only able to do it because of the support from guys like Matt and so many other people yeah which takes us nicely on to Matt so Matt welcome back to the show you've been a guest a couple of times uh, for various reasons so for those unfamiliar with Matt's work he's the author of a number of Celtic books including Invincible the Harry Hood book and Walfred and the Bold Boys. And as I say, he's been on the show here a couple of times to discuss them. He also now works at the club as a tour guide. But for today, I want to talk to you, Matt, about some of the funds you've already raised for the foundation and we'll do so again with your next big challenge in just a few weeks' time. Tell us about that. So I guess the next uh, the next challenge is Boston, which is just over two weeks away. Uh, and that's the Boston Marathon, which is the oldest marathon in the world. It's also the last of the, the six world majors that... That I have to complete, uh, and it just seemed appropriate. It was, it's my seventh marathon in total. I don't know a lesser, a lesser magnificent seven, perhaps, but it just felt appropriate to finish on this one by uh, trying to raise some money for the foundation. Yeah, um, there's obviously various different charities you could have chosen to run for. And I know you've ran previously for Marie Curie, which is another brilliant charity. But why the foundation this time around again? So as I say, the third time you've ran for the foundation, and why is the work they do so important to you? Well. I mean, I, Tony touched on it earlier. It's, there's a real link all the way back to the, the very, the very beginning of Celtic. So when we're doing the tours, uh, automatically when we start the tours, we talk about Willow Walford and how that whole, I guess, charitable ethos was started with Celtic. And there's a, a lovely link because once you start talking about Walford in the early days and Willie Mailing, whatever, you can then sort of round that bit off by saying that spirit, you know, the spirit of Walford, if you like, if that doesn't sound cliche, is alive and well. And it's alive and well in the, in, in the working that's been done in the foundation. It's in Celtic's name. It's been done, you know, lots of Celtic supporters are getting involved and in, in raising money. So 
I, I guess I was thinking earlier on why did I, I do the first one and it's probably a natural consequence of I started I don't have Tony's service but uh, I started in what 2018 five years ago uh, when I sort of retired that's, I started uh, in 2018 and it's a sort of logical consequence a sort of natural consequence you start getting to, to meet some of the folk around the club some of the folk in the foundation I thought I'm going to try I'm going to try and do you know one or two things so you're right I started with Marie Curie and that's for family reasons and it's just I've done three for Marie Curie in terms of the, the world majors and this will be the third for the foundation so it's balancing the books and it's, a, it's for me personally it's a really nice way to end in a, in a city like Boston as well yeah I guess so many connections going all the way back it just all felt appropriate yeah it's a biggie what, what's the other two you ran Matt what was the two that you done for the foundation previously yeah, for the foundation the first one was uh, New York and that would be later that year in 2018 November 2018 ran a New York marathon with the hoops with my foundation logo on it uh, which is still my Twitter profile photo. Uh, and then I ran Tokyo, which was a different kettle of fish entirely. That was the following year in 2019. Ran ran in Tokyo for the foundation. So so those two in Boston, that's my that, that's that's my treble. Yeah. And obviously the the funds you raise will be uh, you know hugely beneficial to the foundation, you know, of course. But how big a driver is it for you personally? So from small experience, I'd done my first marathon a couple of weeks ago there. It was horrendous, a real shift. But a big driver was the fact that myself and a friend had also ran for charity. And when you, you kind of feel those pain points and hit the wall to an extent, that's at the back of your mind and that kicks you on. What What's your own experience of that and, and knowing that what you're doing is going to such a good cause? Well, that's exactly right. There's, a, there's, 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 probably, there's probably a psychological thing that once you lock into supporting Marie Curie, or in this case the foundation, there's, there's then that, doesn't matter what's happened. You're doing that marathon and you're finishing come hell or high water. So I think for my P personally, you're right. And you do hit the wall at different stages depending on how well or otherwise your preps went. Five, five K in. Well, five K in. <laughs> <laughs> I, usually, I usually get a bit further, although I can't guarantee that for for the 17th. But uh, you're absolutely right. When, you, when your head's going down and you're thinking, there's no way I'm finishing Every fibre of your body is saying stop. There's guys waving pints of beer at you at the side of the road. You just think, no, I'm doing this because... You know, to come back and not have completed it, it's a failure. I'm letting folk down, so I think I use it as a motivational tool. It's, it's a great question, but I, I, it's exactly what I do. Yeah. And just speaking about the foundation itself, is there any particular elements, programs, aspects of the foundation that particularly resonate with you? Obviously, you're, you're, you're close to the club now. You're, as you say, since 2018, you've been part of the club there, working there. Um, is there anything that particularly strikes a chord in terms of the, the great work the foundation do? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a real magical one, and I'm sort of glad you asked that because again, once we've done the wee bit in the in the boardroom for the tours, we we go through to the back corridor and have that wonderful glittering prize portrait by Gerard Burns, which obviously was part of the Lions, the '67 Foundation. So my my brother went in that, my older brother went in that a, a few years ago, and we've had actually signed up to do it. I think probably now three years ago, and then COVID, and year on year, but you know the guys are working so hard to try and make that happen. So. I thought that was a fantastic initiative. That's taken it away to the other side of the world, folk that are basically getting nothing and they're depending on groups like the foundation to survive. And then to see the videos coming back and the, the folk over there working and you know building the schools and painting the house. My brother said it was the most memorable experience of his life and that's why he wanted me to come and do it. And God willing, we will go and do that. So we, as a family... We, I started doing the, the running initially because mum and dad, and that's how the Marie Curie link came in. And one of the things we got together as a family, we're talking to the folk at the foundation, there was uh, the opportunity to sponsor the kitchen 
and it's, it sponsored a kitchen in the family's name. My dad's name became the family's name. So the grandkids and anybody who ever, who's ever over there in that part of the world at some point might be able to go and see the kitchen sponsored by the cores. Uh-huh. And I guess the, the, the benefit of that was that a copy of the, what there was one package for the glittering prize. And I thought, we have to do this. Because yeah. It just ticks all the boxes. So I think that's fabulous. I mean, you push the doors open in the boardroom and Gerard Burns' image comes through here, it blows people away and it allows you to go back in and say, you remember I talked about, you know, that spirit being alive and well, look at that. The money that was raised for that, you know, it's incredible to start. That's the kind of thing we're doing. It's not just about Glasgow and the west of Scotland. This is the other side of the world. Folk there wearing Celtic strips and seeing Celtic. And I think I think the foundation and the work the foundation, that's what makes us unique as a club. I don't think anyone else has got... I might be. I don't want to embarrass Tony, but I think I don't think anyone else touches that. Yeah, yeah. It makes me very, very proud. And and rightfully so. And and what we'll do is when we're promoting this episode online and otherwise, we'll try and get that Gerard Burns image and a few other things just to let uh, listeners vision exactly what you're talking about. Tony, it's a nice tie into the fact that obviously Celtic initially were founded to support the East End in Glasgow, and that's very much you know a, a primary motive for the ongoing efforts. But it's also a, a a programme that supports people the world over now. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about some of the global initiatives? I mean, the north and east of Glasgow is our home and I've, I've used this example many, many times, but demographically, that's the poorest part of town, right? I was, I'm was i from the east end of Glasgow, um, a couple of miles further east than, than Celtic Park. Um, and that's, you know, where there are higher instances of addiction, higher unemployment, um, lower life expectancy in many cases, um, and a lack of hope for a lot of people within within those communities. So that's the priority. The north and east of Glasgow is absolutely the priority. But when we talk about our communities, you're right, it's not just there. Um, we have followed in Brother Walfred's footsteps in, in many ways. So we work in the East End of London. He went to St Anne's School and in, in Church in, in Whitechapel um, in the early 1890s. Um, and we have a big presence there and a relationship there. And because of this idea of being a Scottish club with Irish roots, then we've got a big presence in Ireland as well. Um, we've set up an international version in the United States Um of Celtic FC Foundation called Celtic FC Foundation Inc. Very imaginatively. Um, that's a, a, a business that's registered in, in Boston. It's a not-for-profit. Um, and we operate mainly in New York with uh, two children's organisations. Um, we raise a lot of money in New York. We raise a lot of money in London. And it's right that we go back to these places and invest some of that money, bring some of it home for Glasgow, bring some of it home for Ireland, but invest some of that money within those communities as well, where we get that um, support. Yeah, and it even stretches as far and wide as, as Africa and Asia. And, you know, I know there's a big drive in, in Malawi and Matt's mentioned what is now the, the core home. Out, you know. Yeah, so we've got these 67 kitchens. We built 47 of them. We made these meals in Malawi and 20 in Zambia. Those feed about 40,000 kids a day. So we raised the funds in 2017 for the 50th anniversary. And there's an ongoing um, campaign, if you like, to continue the the, the feeding program associated with those because it's one thing it's one thing building them, but mm. you need to you know the stuff that we do needs to be sustainable as best it can be. Um, so that's a piece of work that's going on as well. But I think because the Celtic supporters um, 
buy into this and they buy into what we do, not just what we do, but what the, you know, what the Green Brigade do with food collections, what the Cano Foundation do with bringing kids, what other supporters clubs around the world do with their own local causes. They buy into it because we, we, we've inherited this strong social conscience that has guys like Matt running, which is just crazy. I mean, it's just, uh, it's unimaginable. I walked less than two miles here <laughs> and I need a lie down. Matt's putting his early shame. Um, I mean, Matt's one of, I was. you can maybe tell me better, Tony, but hundreds if not thousands of individuals who have supported the foundation over these last 10 years or so. How important are their efforts in supporting some of the, the great programmes that the foundation provides? Um, there's a few, there's actually a, a, you know, there's always support that we get, again, without taking it for granted. So there's a few things that are coming up. Um, which I might as well give a plug to Tino if you if you now, don't mind. Now is the time. Um, so we've got the Wonder Boys Machu Picchu trek coming up. That's organised um, by uh, a guy called Frank O'Hooley, who is an actor who you'll have seen in in various Scottish things on on the telly. We've got the Southeast CSE um, uh, Golf Open in April in the Southeast of England. We've got Celtic um, Seville, the Celtic Way dinner coming up in Glasgow, which is organised by the Foundation Supporters Committee. We've got the Road to Seville cycle um, in May. Bendit Lit Bratback's on at Celtic Park and the Tommy Burns story's on in the King's Theatre as well. And Celtic FC Foundation benefits from all of that and from all of those people making a conscious decision to do something for us. Um, so that that's fantastic. So you're right, there are thousands of people that do something. We've got thousands of people that make a small contribution um, every month that allows us to go and deliver a lot of the projects that we do. And without that as well, we would be we would be struggling. Yeah. You mentioned the Foundation Supporters Committee and I've seen a bit of, of the chat around them just quite recently online. Can you tell us about how they came to be and what their main focus is? Um, They're quite new, aren't they? Uh, I think the committee's been in some shape or form for the last <laughs> probably seven or eight years and there's been various... Um, members of that group but they what they like to do is to come up with an initiative and go and deliver it on their own a wee bit of support from staff at the foundation but otherwise they they want to do that so they had a big dinner in Glasgow last year uh, which we went to and they've got another one and the theme is 20 years since Seville um, uh, which is where does the time go? Scary Terrifying yeah, I mean, I've seen that picture of you, Tony, with the, the Doc Martin Boots interviewing. Is it Billy Conley and Martin O'Neill at Seville? That, uh, so we're running Celtic TV at the time and we had produced and presented a lot of live matches. We owned the rights to some of them, Satanta owned the rights to others. It, it was always been productions in some weird and wonderful places like Lithuania and, and, and it had always been games. But we did this show two nights before the final at the team base in Hareth. Um, and it was two hours and there was no football, so it was two hours of chat. And it, I mean, looking back on it, it was a brilliant experience. But um, it was it was not for the faint-hearted. Um, it's one that will never ever leave me, and it's a real privilege to be in that, that in that situation. And it's things like that that I'm just never going to take for granted. Absolutely, Matt. Obviously, uh, from your own point of view, just now the the Boston Marathon's the the biggest challenge and your main focus for the next few weeks. So it's, it's not far away. It's the 17th of April, so not to spook you, but that's, that's coming ever quicker. Um, 
do you have a challenge beyond that? Do you think you'll continue to support the foundation? Is there anything that you've got maybe, you know, in the pipeline further down? I'm, de- I'm interested in hearing about Machu Picchu. That's yeah. a pronunciation. That's always been the bucket list. But I guess the one that's in the background is the is the African trip. So I see yeah. there's constant updates in terms of what they can do and when they can do it. So hopefully the idea is that myself and my brother do it together. Okay. In a perfect world, we'd land somewhere in the vicinity of that course kitchen. I guess that's a dream. I don't know how likely that is. Mm-hmm. But, so I guess that's the next one. But no, at the moment, the, fo- the focus is totally on uh, surviving Boston. <laughs> can understand that. And bringing some money in. Tony, in terms of the various programmes and initiatives that the um, the foundation run, do you want to tell us about some of the ones that are on offer? So there's obviously so many. The latest one I'm keen to hear about as well, so launched this year, the Paradise Pit Stop. Yeah. Could you tell us a wee bit more about that one and some of the other programmes in general? So just, uh, I'll, tr- I'll try and be as as brief as I can, but we do two main things now. We we um, include people who might otherwise be left out. So ability counts is an example of that. We've got an ability counts. Um, autism strand, we've got an over 18 strand now, and I know you've got experience of that as well. So um, that, that type of thing, um, we run dementia care in Glasgow and in Edinburgh two, um, twice a week at, at Celtic Park. And that's aimed at people who live with dementia and their carers and once in Edinburgh at the, at the Eric Liddell Centre. Um, and that's nothing complicated. It's a bit of lunch and some fun and maybe some some games and it's really, really good. So it's about including people. The paradigm, if you like, of the football club is that we're a club open to all and it's these type of things that we try and bring some life to that. Uh, so the social inclusion is one element. The other thing we do is um, alleviating poverty. And there are two ways to do that. There's a sustainable way and a probably less sustainable way. So the less sustainable way would be Paradise Pit Stop because Mm -hmm. we open up the stadium twice a week, Monday night, Thursday night. We welcome people in. It's a nice environment. It's really good food. It's a nice atmosphere. There's no questions. There's nobody getting judged. People come in, get some food. They might need signposted onto something else or they might need help with something. Um, So that... You know, we can sustain that for a period of time, but that isn't necessarily changing people's circumstances. So the the sustainable way out of poverty for us is uh, probably aimed at less people, but it's more targeted around employability. So we run a project which is funded through Proceeds of Crime. It's called Cashback for Communities. And we visit, we work in four prisons and we visit young males, predominantly 16 to 24 and um, we bring them to Celtic Park when they're released and we work with them for a period of time and the, the, the you know, the name of the game for the foundation team um, really is to how do we keep this part of the population out of prison and how do we help them into employment? So that's a, that's a, that's a more sustainable route for us. So we've got loads of stuff running. Um, we do a lot in London around leadership. We do various bits and pieces uh, we're refugees in Glasgow and in Ireland. So we've got loads on the go, but those are the sort of headline categories of inclusion and poverty. If people wanted to support some of those programmes, Tony, in, in any way, you know, Matt's making a, you know, a huge effort in terms of, you know, taking on a, a physical challenge and, and all the sponsorship that'll raise. What if someone just wanted to chip in a couple of quid here and there? What's the, the best ways for people to support um, things? Through the club or foundations, websites or social media channels you'll find ways to donate there's a whole series of ways to uh, to donate and um, what, what what we have at the moment is a gap between engaging 
We have volunteers to help with some fundraising, like the bucket collection we do once a year. We only do one, it's at Christmas time. We sell a badge at the, normally the last day of the season, which in my time, fortunately, nine out of ten times has been trophy day, uh, which is great. So we get volunteers for that. We don't yet have a, a, a volunteering policy to bring people in to help us deliver because we work with so many groups of vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're trying to work through that at the moment, but through the club's social channels and its and its main website um, or the foundations, um, you know, people can get in touch. Yep, and we'll share details of all of these again on, on social in the show notes, I think. Is it charity.celticfc.com, Tony? Or, or, yep, or celticfcfoundation.com, but it'll redirect back to the same Correct. So back to the same spot. We'll be sure to put links to them. Matt, there's a tie-in here with the Ability, Pro, Ability Counts programme, sorry, that Tony mentions there. So Ability Counts, I think, was primarily set up to provide, as Tony mentioned, inclusivity, companionship, and ultimately just a bit of fun for young people, primarily with Down syndrome and now autism. Uh, and I believe it's now expanded to Ireland, Tony, which you mentioned in Dublin and Donegal, and hopefully those programmes are back up running soon. But one of the young lads from the programme, um, so I was involved for a small time with the programme with my brother James, and one of the young lads, Alex O'Donnell, there's a really nice tie and a nice story there because he began his Celtic journey potentially by attending Ability Counts, and he's now, like yourself, Matt, one of the, the tour guides at Celtic Park. I think he does the tours on a Monday. You've let me know. Tell us about that and, and just about Alex's involvement. Yeah, yeah. Alex is, Alex is a star. So uh, you're right, he's, he, does, he does the tours predominantly. The best one always works on a Monday and I predominantly work on, on the weekends. But there was a, there was a, there was a situation uh, a few months back where I'm in contact, you possibly know, with a group called Italian Celts, and they're all sending people over to, to, to watch the match. It's a great group of guys. And they want, they asked to do a tour on the Monday, and I said I would come in just to sort of, I speak very basic Italian, and just to sort of help, and just to say hello. And it was uh, Alex and, and Marie and, and Joe who were doing the tour. And the tour was brilliant. So Alex is proudest punch in, in the blazer, and he has his p- particular slots. He talks about the European Cup. And the enthusiasm was just pouring out of him. So it was a it was a brilliant it was a brilliant day. Everything that Celtic should be about. So yeah, Alex is a star. Yeah, and if, if you can see some of the pictures on the foundation's website of Alex, as you say, with the blazer, and, and you couldn't see a prouder lad. He just looks absolutely buzzing to Immaculate. be to be yeah. part of it. And they're um, really good people as well, actually. You know, the whole the whole O'Donnell family, they're yeah. just really, really good people. And it's a it's a real joy for us. Yeah, it's it's great to see that tie in. And as I say, Ability Counts is just one of, of many really, really important and impressive programmes that the foundation put on. Tony, you did touch on it briefly, but I wanted to ask just how vital the club has been in, in supporting the various initiatives. I know, I think it was at the annual sporting dinner just this month, just in March, that Andrew was a star guest, and obviously that's a, a huge attraction. But, you know, is the foundation well supported by the club and some of the players on an ongoing basis? Yeah, absolutely. The, a lot of the players will attend our project delivery and just pop in and see what's going on. Um, and we we try and engage the football department as much as we can because a lot of people will support the foundation because they can and because they want to. And um, a lot of people like the idea of the, the manager being there and the players. So I'll give you a very quick example of the manager. We won the league at Tannadice last year. Yep. We had scheduled our big London dinner for the next night. And um, it's a really, really important one in the calendar in terms of fundraising. And he, we asked them after the game, we all went back to Celtic Park. We said to him, fancy coming to London? He went, absolutely, when do you need me? Brilliant. And came down and uh, he's a real star, actually. Um, so that support, which comes from the very top at the club, 
um, because this is the club's charity. It takes a massive interest in it. So of the board of trustees, um, we've got the chief financial officer and the club's chief executive sit on that board. Um, and uh, So it's really, really important to us. Yeah. I was going to ask my next question, Matt, how important is it to you? So as a lifelong Celtic fan, how important is it that the club very much chimes with those charitable roots now in the modern day in, in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hugely important. As I say, it, it goes right back to the day. One of, one of the things, many things make Celtic unique, I guess, but, and many things make me as a Celtic supporter proud. But I think when you look and see something, even listening to some of, the, some of those initiatives I wasn't aware of today, I mean, it's just it's quite incredible. You know, the depth, the scope, the coverage, it's got on, it's got on in our name. I think it just makes you feel like walk a wee bit taller as a Celtic fan. Hugely important for me. Yeah. Tony, do you feel there's a, a, a pride internally? You know, Celtic's obviously a huge employer as well. Do you feel that there's been a lot of buy-in from colleagues? I know, for example, uh, Jane Maguire and Laura Williams were on the, the Arctic Trek with Tom Boyd and others um, and various great individuals that took part in that. Do you feel there's a lot of buy-in and pride even from the people uh, at the club? Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it's improved dramatically in the in, in the past year or so. Um, so the Paradise Pit Stop thing, which we've spoke about today, which is Monday night, Thursday night, um, five o'clock to seven o'clock. If you want to come, just come. Nobody will ask you any questions other than you're having a good time. Um, but we get a lot of staff from across the, across the business, across the organisation will come and help out at that whether it's, you know, washing dishes or serving food or, you know, playing games or, or whatever it is. So we get a lot of buy-in. Yep. As we've touched on a couple of times, we're fast approaching 10 years of Celtic FC Foundation. It'll be in October of, of this year. Is there any plans to do anything specifically to mark that or, or just, you know, note the, the great work that's been done during that time? I feel slightly under pressure to do something now because that's twice <laughs> you've asked me. Um, um, no, I think I think it's a, it is an important milestone. And I think in my head right now, um, I've thought about it before, actually. I thought about it last October, but right now I think we should play back um, some of the things that we've managed to achieve to the supporters who've made it possible. That, that that would be a good um a good use of resource for me. Um would if we could say to people, listen, thank you for this and, and this is this is what this is what you've done in the past ten years. Yeah. And obviously we've come through a difficult time with COVID, difficult for everybody in, in, in all walks of life, but particularly maybe the, the service users that benefit from the various foundation programmes. Now that we're coming away from that, Tony, are there aims or, or what are the aims for say the next three, five and even ten years from now is there goals in place? Yeah, so there's there's some goals in terms of um, our reach and there are some associated goals that say we actually need to be raising more money than we are at the moment in order to be able to go and do that. Um, what we done through COVID was we, we set up a fund called Football for Good Fund which is the phrase most associated with, with the foundation um, and we raised or put in just Two, approximately two and a half million quid into that um, and because we couldn't fundraise and we couldn't deliver any of our own projects we had a whole series of partners in various parts of the world mainly in, in, in Glasgow in the West but in some other places London, America um, across Ireland some in Edinburgh um, and the plan was not to go back to being a, 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 an organisation that writes checks for third parties 
but we've decided to retain a wee bit of the football for good fun going forward because it means that we can be flexible around need. There's still a great need around fuel poverty, which we're running a thing at the moment. Whereas if you're on a prepaid meter, you can come and ask us for help and we'll help you. If you're on a prepaid meter anywhere in Scotland, um, and there's still a, a need for that type of thing and there's a need for food for some parts of the population as well right now. So there's a lot of these other organisations who have got people on the, on the ground who can be flexible, who can respond very, very quickly if, if there's a need. And it's important that we continue that over the next three to five years as well. Yeah. Just as a kind of extension of that question, what are the biggest ongoing challenges for the foundation? So you mentioned the likes of building the kitchens in Malawi, but it's one thing putting something in place. It's another thing ensuring that service continues and, and in the right manner. What are the biggest ongoing challenges for operating the foundation? Um, I, I would probably have said a while ago that it was connected to winning football matches. Life is certainly easier if you win football matches, but mm -hmm. we, we, we know that we will get support um, even if the team's not successful. So again, without being complacent about that, there are people who want to support us because they can and because they think it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but the biggest challenge right now is the economy, if I'm honest with you. Um, so the people who have the least often give the most. Mm -hmm. um, interest rates are rising and the cost of living has just it's gone through the roof. So um, we're in a crowded space here in terms of the third sector. We're in a fairly crowded space around um, charities who would be associated in some shape or form to the football club. We're not the only show in town. Um, so we're just trying to find our way. And the best way for us to do that is to demonstrate outcomes and do some of the initiatives that people can easily um, see, like Paradise Pit Stop, for example. Yeah. And I'm conscious that anyone that may be listening to this, that you know, I've asked where people can help and donate, Equally important, more important actually, is those that may want to come into the pit stop or, or anywhere at all to benefit from the services. Again, is it you know just a case of through the website or? or I, I mean, the contact? pit stops really simple. If you want to come, just come. It's a Monday night and a Thursday night. It's five o'clock. Just turn up at the northeast executive entrance at the stadium at the end of Jane Field Street um, and and come. If you're interested in some of the projects that we deliver, um, whether it's around. Um, employability or whether it's ability counts or dementia care if you want to add your name to the waiting list for the sensory room we've got a holiday home that we've bought in Weems Bay which we've been running for a year we're looking very close to buying another one such as the demand I think there's an 18 month waiting list for it now if you think you would benefit from some respite from that type of thing then it's the same communication channels through the, the socials through through the websites or, or pick up the phone if you're old school like me. <laughs> yeah. Or drop in at Celtic Park and 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 you know somebody will, will speak to you. Great, and we'll be absolutely sure to share those various contact details. Matt, coming back to yourself, as I say, the main focus absolutely is Boston in a few weeks' time. But have you anything else in the pipeline after that? Whether it's you know book projects or or otherwise, it obviously we're going to be speaking separately in a different show about the latest book that you've been involved in. But what's next for yourself, very generally? There's a few book projects in the go as well, so there are, there are always book projects in the go as well. So I'm writing one just now, but I'm, I'm going to keep my powder dry in that at the secret. moment. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and in terms of the tour stuff, obviously this is you're officially retired from your long-standing job. But just how much do you enjoy that, and how much pride do you take in, in that side of the job? 
Tears are incredible. I must have I sort of fell into it by accident because I'd, I'd retired and done 40 years with Scottish Power. I came back thinking I'd like to do something for a bit of fun just now. And my son sent me the link for the, the job. And at that time, I thought, I'd just finished. It's too soon. You know, do I want to go back and commit? But probably the best call I ever made. Uh, so I had a chat with Frank Rafters at, uh, up at Celtic Park and just got a feeling it wasn't a scripted thing. Just say, He basically said, just be yourself, just talk about your experiences and that's it. You meet some incredible folk, some of the stories, some sad stories. You get folk who are there for the last time and, you know, it's been arranged beforehand, you sort of know what's going on or somebody coming for a 90th birthday or an 80th birthday. And so it's a, from, from babies in the pram to, as I say, folk in their 90s, the most incredible characters. They all want to share their stories with you. And the, a lot of emotion when you come down the tunnel and they, they remember people that are maybe no longer with us. My, my reply always says that they're actually, they actually there with you. Mm. Every time you come down that tunnel, you bring everybody who was there before and and, and you're, li- you know, you're, you're living it for them. So it's the most emotional, I don't know, fun. It's hard work, but my goodness, it's, it does, I was going to say, don't tell Frank, but it probably doesn't feel at work half the time. It's, <laughs> uh, it's an incredible experience. Yeah. And, and you've mentioned... Yeah, okay. You mentioned just how much pride you take in the, the charitable side of the club and, and the great work the foundation do. Yeah. There must be a sense of pride in, in telling these stories as well because it's important to, to tell these stories, whether it's you know putting something in writing that yourself and, and various others have done, but also the stories you tell on the tour, they're the stories that people go and, and carry into the world with them and it's you know there's there's huge importance in that. Well, I, you know, I always talk about this sort of Celtic Rite of Passage and you, you see that day in, day out in the tours as well where it's several generations of family coming in you know, the old, I'm saying the older school, I've now become the older school, we'll talk about, it was Jimmy, you know, it was Bobby Evans or Jimmy Johnson, it was Bobby Murdoch and obviously you've got the Henry Larsons and then now you've got the Kyogos. But it's an, Celtic's an incredible story. It, it is totally unique. It's not, a, you know, cliche, I know, the football club, but it's totally unique. The, 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 the circumstances in which it was formed after being Gortamore, you know, that whole charity, forming a foot, using football, Tony mentioned football for good, using football as a vehicle to help people that were in dire straits all those years ago and still doing it now. I mean, it, it, it's unique. It's a story that deserves to be shared and I take a, an awful lot of pride, as you can probably tell, in, in sharing that day in, day out. And, and rightfully so. Tony, as we start to wrap things up for today, I was just looking to put, put it over to yourself for any kind of final messages or anything else you'd like to share with the listeners on this episode. I've got three things to plug, actually. <laughs> Go for broke. Uh, sorry. Um, I'm not sorry, actually. Yeah. Um, the first one is that we played Liverpool Legends last week. Mm-hmm. Robbed, I have to say. <laughs> um, some horrendous refereeing. That on a day's offside goal. Absolutely. Robbed. Anyway, um, but we've put the the guys have signed their jerseys from that and they're on matchwornshirts.com and all the proceeds comes back to um, Celtic FC Foundation. So that's got a few more days to run. Um, Scott Brown and Michael Lustig are doing a big thing for us in the 18th of May at the Hydro in Glasgow. Uh, Scott's agent, a lovely guy called Sean Ennis, um, is is behind that. The guys are giving up their time for nothing. We've got a few special guests to announce in the coming weeks. That's selling well, but there's still tickets available through Ticketmaster um, for that at the Hydro. That'll be great fun. Um, and the final thing I want to say is that there's a walk, which I'm actually going to do um, from Celtic Park to the Billy McNeil statue in Bells Hill. Um, on the 29th of May, I think, um, which, um, yeah, 29th of May, and that's in partnership with the Billy McNeil Commemoration Charity, who are having a wee night at Celtic Park before Matt runs to uh, to Boston. Um, so that's three things that I, I wanted to mention, but thank you for 
allowing me to do that and for, for having us on and, and the opportunity to talk about um, Celtic FC Foundation and and thanks to um, to Matt as well, which is just an, an incredible, an incredible effort. Absolutely. And, and thanks, you know, for me and from the Celtic Exchange in general to you both for coming on. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of information about the various initiatives, the upcoming programmes, that so many things going on, including, you know, Matt's big run. We'll be sure to share all the links uh, in the show notes. So if anyone's not sure where to find information or access, check the show notes for this episode and I'll all be there. So all that's left is for me to thank Tony and Matt for joining me in the show today and for sharing some of the brilliant work that Celtic FC Foundation do and continue to do. You can find out more about the Foundation's work at charity celticfc.com and if you want to follow Matt and support his individual efforts on Twitter you can find him at Bulla underscore Vogue can you explain that actually while we're on it yeah it's yeah, my dad's song got you. my dad's got you. song wonderful song nice one so before now thanks again to you both and best of luck with everything going forward thank you cheers Tino Network.